Hi, I'm Kelsey. Um, so, some of you know me because you have to listen to me all day long in my classroom, but what you don't know about me is that I hate public speaking, especially with a microphone that doesn't fit my face. That's thanks to Dan Smith. Um, we are starting a new segment of Alive and Free tonight, correct? Called Next Level. So this whole month is going to be dedicated to different topics of next level. Um, and tonight is about next level dreams. And I'm a big dreamer. So Dan said, hey, why don't you speak on this? And at first I was like, yeah, sweet. I do sermons like six times a day in my classroom. And then like it started to get closer and I was like, I'm going to puke. <laughs> so bear with me. Dory promised a bucket if anything happens, right? Or people in the front row just duck. No, you won't. That is a lie. Um, all right. So. Tonight we're going to talk out of uh, the scripture Ecclesiastes 3, 11 through 13. So first I'm going to read that to you so you can know where we're going. Um, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity on the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. But each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil, for this is the gift of God. So that first video that we watched with someone speaking with a voice that I wish I had, because I feel like that would be really entertaining to everyone, right? Because he speaks and you're like, ooh, this guy's going to say something good. Anyways, let's see. Does anyone know kind of what the basis of what he was talking about is, Riley Miller? It's a, what did I say this whole message is about? Dreams. Oh, you're so smart. So smart. So that whole video was saying you have to dream something to be something, and you start little and start small to accomplish something great. Um, and I know thinking back to myself as a middle schooler or a high schooler, which most of you are at now, I was a big dreamer. I actually made a list in middle school of all of the dreams of things I wanted to accomplish. One was stolen from the movie A Walk to Remember, and so I had written, like, stand in two states at once. You know how, like, she stands across the line, he's like, you're in two places at once, and she's like, ah, true love. Anyways, <laughs> another one was perform to a sold-out audience at Madison Square Garden. I know, wouldn't that be fun? That was another one. Another one was be a firefighter. You probably didn't know that. I really wanted to be a firefighter for a while. Yep. Um... I thought I would be good at volleyball, and then I got cut my junior year from the volleyball team, so I crossed that one off my list, but it's fine. I'll get over it. I know. I am on the river volleyball team. I am. But so as even a child, I was a big dreamer. Um, so I'm, I was trying to think of some of you that I know and the things that I think you may dream about. Um, do you guys consider yourselves dreamers? Some of you, yeah, six of you. Awesome. Uh, do you ever dream of becoming something great? Yeah. So let's see. Let's take a little poll. Raise your hand if you ever think, maybe one day I'll be a really good doctor. I used to think that. Then I went to Africa and found out that the sight of blood makes me pass out. So <laughs> that one was crossed off the list. What about becoming a lawyer? Anybody? Anybody really good at arguing? I can see that. <laughs> what about a performer? of any kind, singer, dancer, comedian. Yeah, Jaden, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, all right. What about a teacher? Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. What about an engineer? Anyone? Okay, all right. Some smart people in the house. What about an Olympian? Yeah, see? All right, so we all dream of becoming something great. 
Um, in Ecclesiastes, it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And so we have these dreams of becoming something beautiful and something big and something great. Um, I have never heard of anything, anyone, wanting to become something subpar. So you don't hear someone saying, uh, well, when I grow up, I want to be the second string player on the soccer team. That would be awesome. If I can just be the second string. Or I want to be a decent doctor, maybe have success on 50% of my surgeries. The other 50% we'll just forget about, right? Or I want to become a mediocre lawyer and win some battles, win, lose some, probably just live in the middle, right? We all want to be something great. So when we think about that, I, don't, I never wrote I want to perform to, let's see, well, Van Andel Arena is still pretty big. What's something? I never said, I want to play music in a small coffee shop for the rest of my life. I said, I want to perform to a sold-out audience in Aud Madison Square Garden. I thought that would be sweet. Or my other one was, I really want to perform at the Super Bowl. But, <laughs> ooh, wow. <laughs> feel you guys really believing in me there. <laughs> mm. Thank you, Dan. That's what you're here for. But the whole point of that is that he has created in us a desire for greatness. Not for something, something small, something medium. He creates within all of us a desire to do something amazing. Um, he's created us to be dreamers. And then the second part of that verse says, in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And I know when I look back on myself as a middle schooler, I wasn't quite ready for my time to do something, that one thing that I really want to do. I still don't maybe think that I'm quite in that time. But I think in every, every era of area of our lives, he's molding us and he's shaping us into what he wants us to be. So I was thinking, where I am now, what was he doing to me in middle school to prepare me for what I'm doing now? And I had two thoughts. One, I was in a middle school youth group, and I didn't speak to anyone. I was like the only person who went to a public school. Everyone else went to a Christian school, so they were like, ooh, she's bad news. Parents want you to stay away from her. That was me. I was always in the corner, awkward. But my friends knew that I really liked to sing. So the pastor one day was looking for extra people to come up and sing. It would be like if Phrase was standing up here right now, that was Phrase, that man right there. If he was standing there and saying, we don't have enough singers, and you guys are already here, and he's like, all right, let's see, let's see, let's see. Dan Smith, come up and sing. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. Okay, if he was like, K2, come up and sing, and you're like, nah. And so I like stood up there and literally just stood and sing the whole time, and it was the most terrifying thing I've probably ever done in my entire life. So terrifying. But in that, he was creating within me a desire to worship and a, a desire to be a worshiper, because as scary as that was afterward, I was like, I cannot wait to do that again. I cannot wait to go get better at that. And every time I sang, I got a little bit better, a little more comfortable. I had many times that I was not good at it. I still have many times that I'm not good at it. I sang the national anthem when I was in middle school at my brother's hockey game, and I squeaked on the high note, for the land of the and I didn't finish. I ran off the ice and sobbed in the bathroom. Yeah, that's all right. You can feel bad for me. I love it. I do sometimes. I do. But there were all of those events that he was creating with me, within me a desire, a desire to worship, a desire to sing, and he was molding me into that person so that when I went to college and I was told sometimes, hey, that wasn't very good, I could say, all right, I'm going to come back and do it again because I know I'm capable of that. And this is my dream, and I'm not going to let it go. There was a whole different side of me in middle school where I struggled a lot. Those of you who know my family story, 
may know that my brother, when I was in middle school, was heavily addicted to drugs and alcohol. In eighth grade, he came drunk to a middle school lock-in. And that's the reason why we don't have lock-ins anymore is because of my brother. Interesting. And my parents were fully dedicated to helping him get better. So I was kind of growing up wondering, where do I fit in? How do I help my brother? And just having this internal ache wanting to help him figure it out and not knowing quite how. And watching him struggle and not knowing where I fit into that picture. And so from then in middle school, that created a desire within me to help people who are that age that are struggling. And I didn't quite know it until a year ago that that was something he was stirring within me. Um, So in its time, we are all in the process of being molded into something great. At that time, I was being molded into a worshiper and a singer and a caretaker, really. Um, He is preparing you. This is one of Dan's favorite quotes. I don't know where you got it from either. Did you make it up? He stole it from someone. He is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. So constantly, the things that we go through is God preparing us for what he has prepared for us because he has all of time in his hands. And so he can see all the way up into the future of what we're going to be doing, what I will be doing as a 73-year-old woman, which is hopefully laying by a pool in the sun. (laughs) Think about that. But he already knows that. So everything that he's doing right now is preparing us for whatever he has prepared for us. Um, The next part of Ecclesiastes, it says, he has placed eternity in our hearts which to me means that he will follow through with the plans that he has for us. Our God is a God who stays true to every promise he makes to us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. He wants to follow through with those plans that he has for us. And that's really encouraging to me. So I believe that if you are in communication with God, if you are asking him, God, what do you want me to do? You've placed these dreams upon my heart. I know that that you have created within me a desire to sing. I know that you've created within me a desire to dance. I know that you've created within me a desire to play soccer and be awesome at it. I know that you've created within me the desire to be an engineer, and I don't know what to do with it. Oh, I hate this microphone. Thanks, Dan. But he wants to follow through with those plans because he has placed those desires in your heart. So if you're with him and you're walking hand in hand with him, he wants to bless you in those things. Um, your dreams, if you are working with him, will be pleasing to him, will be fulfilling, and will be full of impact. And that's the biggest thing, is that God-sized dreams impact not only me, or not only the person who has the dreams, but everyone around them. Because that is watching someone fulfill the calling that God has given to them. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I took notes so that I don't tell awkward jokes, but I still apparently can't help it. Um, yeah, so if you are, if you are living out your dreams that the Lord has called you to, you're going to have impact all over the place, all over the place, because when people see someone living in passion for the Lord, it is something that is radiating, and you want to be a part of it. I know that I have those people that you may meet one time, and you're like, I have got to know that person more, because they have something that I want more of. That's how I felt when I met Dan. I was like, that is someone who is on fire for the Lord, and I want to know more about that. And at first, it was totally friendship. Right, Dan? (laughs) Yeah, he was kind of mean at first, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, God desires that all people may know him. 
So it only makes sense that if our dreams are from him, he would want us to impact people around us so that they may know him. So on that note, I'm going to give you a little application. This is my story that kind of leads to that. I went to college 2007, 2007, and I went to Belmont University. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue being the next Britney Spears. Don't tell my parents that, but that was like my main goal. When I went to college, I was going to be the next Britney Spears. What? Yeah, seriously. My mom was like, I know. (laughs) I wanted to be the next Britney Spears. And I got to school, and I was like, I'm going to do this. In my first semester, there was some kind of nudging within me that was like, you need to claim a second major. And those of you who know anything about music majors, while you're doing like 135 credit hours, you also have a lot of classes that are zero credit hours. So you're doing a lot of work and not seeing a lot of payoff in those credits. And I kept feeling like, I need to claim a second major, and I don't know why. And he, I feel like the Lord kept saying to me, you need to claim a degree in education. And I kept thinking, I never grew up dreaming of being a teacher. I never sat in class and thought, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I was like, yeah, right, I'm going to be at Madison Square Garden. You all are going to be here just doing this. It's going to be sweet. I wanted to be a performer. And God kept telling me, you need to get that second degree. So the end of my first semester, freshman year, I, got a, I claimed my second major in music education. But I was fighting it the whole way through. I would go to those classes and be like, I know all of this. I don't need this. This is boring. I don't need any of this. After four years, I graduated with my two majors, and I got offered a spot on a musical theater tour to go and perform across the U.S., and it was like, this is my big break. I have made it. We were going to live on a bus, 14 people in bunk beds on a bus. They, like, stack up on top of each other. (laughs) My big break, my big break. But I was like, I'm going to be paid to perform. This is what I've always dreamed of. I'm going to get paid every show I do, and that's going to be awesome. And I can tell you something. I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. I felt like I'm, I'm doing what I thought I wanted to do, and yet every ounce of joy was sucked out of me. I was so sad. I was the one believer on a bus of 14 people, and I Oh, it was bad. It was bad. And these people were were fun people to be around, really happy all the time, but their passions were to perform good shows and then to party any time that we weren't performing. And I kept thinking, like, this cannot be what God is calling me to do. I know that he wants me to sing. I know that he wants me to do that, but this cannot be the lifestyle that that he has created me for. So when I got off the tour, I really felt like I was supposed to start doing my student teaching. Next interesting part of the story is that I said I will never teach middle school. I will teach high school or I will teach elementary, but middle schoolers freak me out. And I wanted nothing to do with middle school. So I did my first student teaching in Nashville, Tennessee, with elementary. The cutest little muffins you'll ever see. And then I got my second student teaching here at Portage Central. And I thought I was signing up for a high school student teaching position. My first day there, she said, you know, interesting, my schedule got changed this year, and we do half high school and half middle school, and I was like, Lord, help me, this is going to be awful, and I loved middle schoolers. I absolutely loved it. I love the, the stage of life it's at where you're deciding what you're passionate about, and you're going through all these really, really tough things that you feel like no one understands you. Middle school's an awkward time, right? Right. 
Yeah. And I love it. I love the awkwardness of it. So right after I finished my student teaching, a position opened at Madawan, which is my old school that I went to. And so I am now the middle school choir teacher at my old school, teaching sixth through eighth grade. And I can look back on it and see every time that God placed a dream within me and he has fulfilled it. And he has been shaping me and molding me into the person that I am today to be able to teach middle schoolers and to be able to take care of them the way that I feel that God wants me to and to be able to feel empathy for them in the way that God wants me to because I went through it in middle school. I didn't know why I was going through it. But now I can see the plans that he laid out for me perfectly. I believe he's still shaping me into something else. I don't know what I will be doing 10 years down the road. But every day that I'm trying to walk hand in hand with him and do what he has called me to do, I see his impact going out to other people because I'm trying to dream with him. And that's what I think is the beautiful thing about God-sized dreams. That it impacts not only you, but everyone around you. So ultimately, I think be a dreamer and let God steer the direction of your dreams when he is nudging you. Listen to him. That's all I got. <laughs>